The G-Man puts down his coffee mug and leans forward just a little. You know a little bit about the cult of Dagon, don't you? That deal with Coral Lamb? Don't worry, we'll get to her later. How did you feel when you learned she was accidentally released and never located afterward? Fucking what? Oh, you didn't know. Well, that makes things more interesting now, doesn't it? I feel like I've been punched in the gut and can't quite catch my breath. My hands tighten around the coffee mug, the warm ceramic digging into my skin. After a second or two, I manage to inhale. No, I didn't know. Muttering to himself, Coral, odd, how many sea references surround you, Special Agent Redacted? So what came next? We were on an official FBI task force. So we began our investigation as we always did in such cases, with a visit to the local police department. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. So the agents gathered in Rowan's room and reviewed what they planned on doing the next day. June 7th was the day that they decided to set off, and we pick up with the agents heading to the Yuma Police Department. The police department building is a modest building, looks like a government building of normal sorts. There is some murals not too far by, some artwork nearby as well, and the steps leading up to one of the main main areas. On this hot day, it feels as though that the sun is just right over your shoulder. The heat itself is oppressive. And when you open the door to the police department, the air conditioning is a, well, it's a cold, wonderful welcome. There's a desk sergeant there available to speak to folks. There are auxiliary staff all about. And the desk sergeant looks up at you, looks Rowan up and down, looks at Rowan's comrades. So, what can I do for you today, Agent? Good morning. Yes, my name is Special Agent Redacted. I'm with an FBI task force, and I was hoping I could speak with the chief, if they're available. Ooh, the chief of police. You're not going to get that here. Uh, What is it that you're looking for? Are you looking for something in particular? We are investigating the murder that happened at the Abril House. Oh, it's kind of big news around here. We don't we don't always get these type of things happening in our in our little town. Give me just a moment. Would you like coffee? Anybody? Yes. Love some. Thank you. Something cold, thanks. He points over to a small refrigerator with tiny little bottles of water. He gets on the phone, and a few moments later, a middle-aged black woman comes out with a detective's badge on the outside of her blazer. He goes, so, you're here about the Abril House, huh? Yes, we are. Uh, Hello, my name is Special Agent Redacted. What was your name? I'm Senior Detective Julia Reardon. I didn't expect to have such a quick response from the FBI coming, but I guess you're here now, right? Yes, we are. It's a a very odd sort of circumstance, so it's of interest to the Bureau. Well, is this a matter of you coming in to take it over, or are we going to share information? I would certainly prefer to share information. I I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. This is your town. Okay. I'm amiable to that. So what do you know? I know that there were six people who were murdered there, and it looked ritualistic, if I remember the the wording correctly. Yep, that it was. It was a hell of a sight. Cleaning crew went in a few days ago and saw the the family in there. 
Walk with me. She looks back at your compatriots. My apologies. I'll introduce her to the rest of the group using Agent Redacted, Mr. Redacted, Dr. Redacted. Oh, we've got a full compliment here. Hey, All that, right. that's Mr. Redacted to... Oh, wait. That is exactly what I said, yes. She looks at Rooster, and she kind of gives him a look up and down. Just your posture, your the way you carry yourself, where you're looking. That's something that she picks up immediately. You look like you belong. These other three don't. Yeah, well, that was... That was a while back. Same for all of us. Longer for some of us than others. So, you served then? Served with the 101st out of Campbell. Hoorah. Uh, jarheads. <laughs> <laughs> Under her breath, she says jarheads. And Rowan has to suppress a laugh at that. And she kind of smiles, and it's a bit of a wink. Yeah, he kind of gives a little bit of a wry smile. Hey, at least you're not the chair force. Yeah, that's true. She opens up a door to a conference room and, and ushers you in. So, Mr. Redacted, you're here not with the Corps? No, they, uh, discharged a while back. Okay. No, I'm here as part of the task force. That one's in charge. Gotcha. Well, one of the deceased was uh, a private, private in the Corps. He was returning, uh, from what we understand, he had returned home that evening and, uh, that's when the, the murders happened. The Abril house was owned by a fellow named Daniel Abril, and uh, he and his family were there. And uh, they also had the young private was also engaged to be married to the Abril daughter, and they had a, they had a child. Um, grisly business. We know what day it happened? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we think it's happened on June 2nd. On June 4th is when a cleaning crew had gone in and uh, checked out the home. They were they were set. They had an appointment. Apparently, uh, Mrs. Abril had set up an appointment for cleaning on that day. They came upon the, the scene, uh, notified us. We sent a squad car out to investigate. And uh, from there, we kind of, we, we took care of things. Looked as though that uh, some uh, wildlife, possibly coyotes, had gone in and contaminated the scene as well but it was evident that this was done by the hands of someone other than other than coyotes the dog kind not the smuggler kind it could be the smuggler kind each of the victims were was stabbed exactly 60 times each of them even the baby yes i've seen a lot of fucked up shit in my time but fuck uh yeah Pretty much. We do have this scene still open. The bodies have been taken to the crematorium. They've since been taken care of, and the ashes uh, passed on to the remaining kin. And the kin are out of state. They're in Southern California. They are here to pick up in a few days. I believe, and she pulls out her notebook, uh, Riverside. Riverside is where, where the rest of the Abril family's from. Have you had a chance to speak to any of their friends locally? Do you know they, if they were involved in any organizations, church, maybe? We did reach out. There really wasn't... They weren't church-going folk. They kept pretty much fairly quiet. The area that they lived in, it was one of those developments that was overbuilt, and only one plot has sold. So there's no neighbors. But some people like that. But this was supposed to be a neighborhood. The plots are still up, and up for sale but just nobody's moved in and honestly i don't think people will move in once the once the news gets out 
What was Mr. Abdul's occupation? Apparently he had recently retired. He owned a very successful car wash and detailing business. Sold it a few years back. April Car Wash. It's now a uh, uh, glitter clean out there on... Uh, and she gives the name of the street. So that's where we're at. The scene is still open. We have a squad car out there. We do have forensics trying to go in and look at things. You're welcome to go in and look if you like. Just please don't touch anything. If you do, please note it. Take pictures. You know, standard procedure. Of course. I really would like to find out who did this. For one, it it's we're a small town. We don't we don't want these problems. Two, if it turns out that it's any of the cartel business, they've been quiet for a year or two. But I don't I I just I just don't know yet. Quick question. Maybe I missed it. I'm dumb like that sometimes. What was the private's name? Uh, Homer Ryan. Homer Ryan, and then he was engaged to the April girl. Yes, he was engaged to Sierra. And that was their kid that got killed? Yes, the child's name was Beth. And the other two women? Is Sandra April, the the mother of Sierra and the wife of Daniel, and then uh, Sandra's mother, Grace Wright. She scribbles down on a notepad the names and some information. All right. Do you have pictures of the bodies that we might be able to view? I do. They're, they're not that... Oh, yeah, I do. No, it's it's a nasty business, and mm-hmm. of course we would prefer to not have to, but... Sure, if you can give me a moment, I'll go get the, the pictures of the scene, and I'll be, I'll be back with you shortly. Uh, sit tight. Thank you, Detective. She heads off, and you look out the window of the conference room, because there are windows with vertical blinds, and uh, you see that she, she talks with someone, she points to the door, and the gentleman that she's talking to is pretty tall, like 6'5". You see, kind of rolls his eyes and his head back. You can just see on his face, he's like, oh, great, the feds are here. She walks off, leaving you guys alone for a little bit. Did you guys want to talk? Did you guys sit there in silence? 60 times. That feels... Fucked up? That feels important. I mean, fucked up, obviously. That that goes without saying. But that also feels like it's important from a ritualistic standpoint. Yeah, but at the same time, it doesn't tell us anything immediately useful. No, it's just an interesting piece of information to file away at the moment. I've got an idea. Rooster's famous ideas. Let's hear it. I kind of put my hands up. Aliens. Quinn furrows her brow at that and tilts her head. The last mission that we worked was Migo, which are aliens. So he actually was correct last time. I'm not sure about this one. This seems more humans being some of the worst monsters. Yeah. I was... I'd rather take out the aliens. Same. Or take on. Quinn's pensive look. Yeah, I'm not sure if pensive might be, might be the right word, but there's definitely a look that she was giving. I could see it on Laura's face. That's why. <laughs> she kind of slowly, yeah, she's been, you, you've noticed she's been kind of lost in thought and she says, strange for them to have no friends or other contacts unless they were part of the cult. Isolation from other communities is part of how the cult keeps power over people. So I'd be interested to try to see if they were, if this is cult-like activity, which, I mean, based on the writing on the wall, we can only assume, but were they victims because they were a part of this cult? Don't jump to thinking they're cults, 
people just because they don't have a lot of close friends. Not all of us can, uh, you know, have a happy home life and social groups that we're all a part of. You know, speaking for people I know. That's true, but people who, you know, are married with a nuclear family tend to do better with that sort of thing. Well, we should definitely look at the crime scene, but eventually I'd want to talk to maybe the people at the car wash if he is recently retired. Some of the people who work there might still remember Daniel. And see if there was a, a daycare that Beth was taking care of. Start finding the connections in the community, if there are. If there are any, maybe they really are just the sort of people who don't like neighbors. The door opens up and in walks Detective Reardon and she's got a yellow folder. and She places it down. She opens it up and uh, allows you to go through them. She doesn't necessarily want to, to touch them or go through them herself. You can kind of pick that up and she's kind of like, uh, here you go. It doesn't seem as though that she is squeamish about things. It's just that there's just something about this that doesn't seem to sit right with her. So you look through the pictures and the bodies are haphazardly around the house. They're not laid out in any ritualistic fashion. There are marks on everyone's left arm around mid-forearm, and everyone except, save for the infant was killed downstairs. Uh, the infant was killed upstairs in their room. The amount of blood throughout the downstairs area, it just seems improbable for the amount of people that were there, but it is five people downstairs. The floor is saltillo tile, which is... You know, large red tile that you often find in Southwest homes. There is no carpet that would absorb the blood. So Rooster would be familiar with how much blood comes out of a body to try and put it in decent terms. Does this look like there was more blood than this many people would have? Or is it just a shocking amount? It's just a shocking amount. From what you've seen, it seems about right. But for the average person to see that, they'd be like, oh my lord, that's a lot. And if it doesn't have something to sop it up or to drain or to go in one area, as it sits, it, it sits and drains. It's it's quite a bit. Is there an autopsy report in the files? There is not an autopsy report uh, in those files. Uh, the ME hasn't gotten the official report back to us. I mean, this was just last week. All right. Do you know if there were signs of struggle or chase or were they bound? No, it doesn't look as though they were bound, except I don't know what's going on with that arm. It looks like something did bind their arm there, but I, I think it's post-mortem, but I'm not a doctor, but it just doesn't seem seem right. Yeah, there was there was definitely a struggle. What kind of marks were they exactly? It's a weird striation mark. It kind of looks, it looks like a bike chain. Hmm, okay. The ME might, might have that uh, available for you. They're over on 3rd Avenue, if you want to head over there. She puts her card on the table. Just let the ME know that I let you guys just go talk to it. They'll probably call me anyway, but this way they've got my phone number and now you do too. Thank you. And I'll pull out one of my cards and give it to her as well. She looks at it, takes note, and puts it into a breast pocket on her shirt. Was the house broken into? Yes. The front door was closed. It looks as though that something had damaged the back door. We've been utilizing the back door primarily as well to go in and out. I'm assuming that it was left open because of the uh, wildlife activity. We presume that it was left over by the assailants. Does it look like the removed body parts were removed by a blade or was that part of the animal contamination? She puts her head down and shudders a little bit. I know, I'm really sorry. 
it's too precise for it to be a coyote to go up. I mean, coyote, coyotes will go in, they'll take out your gut, they'll go for the important things. And yeah, there was some of those bite marks there around the around the midsection, some on the face. But no, these were the these were these were cut off. Right. Oh Lord, I hope they weren't ripped off. And what was it again? It was lips, eyelids, lips, nose, and ears. Just the eyelids. Just the eyelids. Yeah. Hmm. Seems almost like taking trophies. Yeah. Or uh, parts that had something on them that could lead to information of some sort. Or references to the senses. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Except for touch, unless that has to do with the arm or something. I don't know. But Maybe. What about sense of humor? Did they take that? She just looks at you. Yeah. Gallo style, huh? Hoorah. Huh. So, we've looked around the house. We haven't seen anything that really jumped out. Um, we've had a couple witnesses that have been in the area. They gave some basic thing. They really didn't see much. If you want to talk to them, I've got their information. They were really the last people that would have seen them. Yes, that may be uh, useful for us to pursue, okay. just in case. You know, leave no stone unturned type of thing. Right. They did have some work done on the house, the house across the way. There was a roofer over there. You know, those guys up on the roofs doing the job during the summertime, during nighttime oh. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I'm a transplant. You never get used to this. I don't want to have the opportunity. With what I have to wear for the FBI, I stay away from states like this if I can. That work was done in the last few days? Yeah, it was done at 773 Palma Avenue. And she looks through her notes. His name is Sean Rosen. Here's the phone number that was provided to us. And then there was someone that uh, also one of the other construction workers that was working on the house across the way. Uh, his name is Lon Strobel. Lon, L-O-N, Lima Oscar November. Strobel? Strobel. S-T-R-O-E-B-E-L. Sierra Tango, Romeo, Oscar, Echo, Bravo, Echo, Lima. And then the mail carrier, Hilberto Cameron. I'm going to look over at Rowan and go, you're the one writing this down, right? I'll just, like, hold up my notebook and very deliberately click my pen in and out. I put up a hand to guard my face. Quinn just gives a slightly confused look. She likes to throw them at me for some reason. I have no idea why. And River just rolls his eye as his, he keeps taking notes. Handler, would you mind spelling the name of the mail carrier? Certainly. G-I-L-B-E-R-T-O. Cameron. C-A-M-E-R-O-N-N-E. All right. Did you mention who Lon Strobel was? Construction foreman. Well, crime scene or coroner? Sounds like coroner's closer, and we might as well get all the information that we can before we hit the crime scene. So, crime scene, coroner, base. Those are the three things we got on the list right now? Yeah. Well, blood's not going to congeal anymore. Although the other problem is, how far away is that? Said it was it was a new development somewhere. It's less than three miles. Oh, okay. Nothing is very far in a small town like this. Again. Remember what I said about what part of BFE are we going to? Yep. Alright, well, Detective, you've been very helpful. Thank you. And you have my number, I have yours. Uh, keep in touch if anything comes up. Will do, and I would expect the same. You know, common courtesy. Of course. Have a good day. I'll let the... Are you going to be... Do you expect to uh, head to the scene? 
Yes, I believe we're going to visit the ME first and then head out that direction. All right, I'll let the patrolman in the cruiser that's that's keeping watch let him know that you guys are there. We want to make sure we don't have rubberneckers because small town people want to find out more information. Of course. Have a good day. Enjoy your time in Yuma as best you Thanks. can. Thanks. All right, so yeah, I'll lead the way out. I think I would have taken pictures with my cell phone of things like the marks on the arms. Okay. The marks on the arms and one person with the, like, 60 stab marks, just to see if there's anywhere in particular that got stabbed that is of, like, ritualistic interest. The entire body? Give me a, a, an occult roll. This is not something I'm good at. Yeah, 70. Didn't make it. Did anybody else do that? Yeah, uh, Quinn probably would have just made sure it didn't reminder of any past cases. Okay. Go ahead, River. Zero nine out of 30. Okay, you guys are not going to believe this once again. So I'm at 50 for a cult. I just rolled a 49. Nice. You are just skating in. <laughs> I know. I haven't gotten to roll yet because <laughs> we're not shooting anything. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I just got my first check mark of this arc. <laughs> the thing that bothers you the most on Grace, Grace was the one that they had the best picture of. The stabs look as though that they are... Uh, especially in the the neck and the ribs area, they almost mimic gills. And on the arm, the striation from the bike chain, it almost looks like a scale. You know what this reminds me of? I'll tell you later. Do you guys share that with the rest of us? Not yet. Not when we're with Reardon. Yeah. Yeah, Quinn, you you look at this, and, and this sounds like this might be from one of the like the sacrificial rites to a merman god or a fish god. And then River. Yeah, fish god. Your name's River for Kurt, for sake, you know? <laughs> and it says sea to the sea. Yeah, so it certainly matches up with that, with that concept and that idea. Yeah, and just this morning, Quinn had remembered that last part of the brief, which is that this cult is so focused on ocean and sea. But she wouldn't want to mention that in the police department, of course. So it's for her, it'll be also something she waits until they're back in the car. Okay. You guys get back into the SUV um, and uh, you pipe in the address for the, the county sheriff's office with the ME. It's not far. It's only like a you know five minute drive, if that. As soon as the doors to the SUV are closed, I'm just going to say, so you remember those girly magazines? Which ones? In the green box. Oh, the ones we found in the green box. Got it. No, not the ones you bought. Have you ever heard of the internet? I think I might need to be filled in a little bit here. Uh, um. There are some old penthouse magazines in the green box that have fish heads pasted over the heads of women. Hmm. It seems like they were trying to cut gills into these people. Trying to. It doesn't work like that, man. Look, I failed high school anatomy, but you can't just cut gills into people. Yeah, and you can't turn somebody into an alien by eating bullets. <laughs> yeah. In cult rituals, things done to the body are more in reverence to whatever, whomever they are uh, sacrificing to. Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. There's a lot of that sort of thing. Is this, like, the things in heaven and hell beyond somebody's insanity? Something? What was that? 
one of these days I will make you watch a good version of Hamlet. There are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. You know, if if you have to make me watch a good version, assumes I've watched a bad version. Yes, but at least with a good version, the, the actors can make even people who don't understand Shakespeare understand what's going on. Yeah, there, there's one where they made it about Nazis. You would probably like that one. No, I really, really wouldn't. That gets a sideways look from Rowan. She doesn't say anything, but the, the, the way that he said that makes her just like, well, that's interesting. They're fucking Nazis. Come on. Unless I get to shoot him, no Nazis. Ever. We fought a war about this. You arrive at the sheriff's department. The ME's office is located in the sheriff's office. You know, looking at the board to find out where they're at, no problem. You go down into the basement because obviously that's where they're at. There's a plain wooden door with medical examiner, bronze plaque on the door. You open it up and the light inside this area is very sterile. The smell that comes off smells of disinfectant. It has a very strong hospital smell to it, but minus the people smell that, that often accompanies hospitals. Behind a desk, you see a mousy man, balding hair with a ring of hair around the outside, glasses working at a computer, and he picks his eyes up. His glasses never seem to leave his nose where he looks up at you. Ah, uh, yes, what can I do for you? Good morning. My name is Special Agent Redacted, and I'm here with an FBI task force. We're looking into the murders that happen at the Abril House. And I'll, I'll pull up the card from the detective. We were told to come talk to you. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm, I am Dr. Norris. Pleased to meet you, uh, Agent Redacted. So, the Abril House. Ooh. Yeah, that's, uh, let's go back here where, where, where folks cannot, uh, cannot, you know, couple police officers walk in shortly thereafter and a couple other staff members. And he's like, let's go adjourn elsewhere. And he grabs an accordion folder that's sitting on the desk next to him. Takes you into a conference room. This is the tale of your day, almost. Conference room to conference room. Uh, so, the Abrils. It is one of the most violent and horrific things I've seen. And we've seen quite a bit of cartel work as well on this side. But gratefully, they've been quiet. I hope they're not back. And he starts taking out photos, almost without a care that you would ever want to see these things. There are images and reports, you know, as, as he's just bringing them out and, and laying them on the table. The scenes themselves are gruesome. What I would like everybody to do is to give me a sanity roll. Now, those that have adapted to violence do not need to. I still don't make any rolls. <laughs> 89 is a failure. Okay. Ought three is a really good success. That's a really good success. I have a 30 success. All right. So River, the one that gets slid in front of you, is the young, is the daughter, the mother of the baby. And at first you kind of, you look and it, there's just something not, that doesn't sit right with you. She's a little bit older than your own daughter. Her hair color is dyed the same color as your, as your daughter's. But you, it's enough for you to lose two points of sanity. Those that made it do not suffer any sanity. So, Rooster, go ahead and give me a criminology roll. Not as bad as you think. I missed it by nine. Okay. What is your skill at? Ten. Okay. So you rolled a 19. Yep. <laughs> All right. I rolled a 19. It was a really good roll. It is a really good roll. If it had been a cult, I would have made it. I have a 20 occult. Let me look at something real quick here. So, Rowan and Quinn, 
you both see that the Emmy points out the gills to you as well here. River, you were kind of hyper-focused on the picture of the woman. And you you kind of look away and you see over in the picture of Daniel that's laid out, there is a knife blade that's bent in his ribs. And on his skin, right near that bruise, there is a oblong eye-shaped marking that's carved into him. But you don't have a good picture of it. So it looks as though that everyone had been stabbed repeatedly and they died when they hit the ground and then they were continued to be stabbed afterward. The Emmy makes mention that Daniel shows uh, signs of defense and he has defensive wounds on on his arm. Rooster, do you have melee weapons? On me or skill? Skill. Yes. Give me a melee weapon skill. (sighs) Okay, this sucks. Well, you get to check it off. I have 51. I've rolled a okay. 55. Well, you get to put a check mark in it. Yeah, I got a crit fail, though. I also have uh, points in melee weapons. Go ahead. Give me, a, give me a melee weapons roll. Those that have melee weapons is a skill. I have the base, which is 30. Okay. 24, success. Everybody, everybody can go ahead and give me a melee weapons roll. <laughs> I got a three. <laughs> nice. I get to check the box. Quinn's going to be so happy that she knew something and Rooster did it. <laughs> I just love that the two women were the ones who got it. I just, now that we're actually getting to something that Rooster might be useful at. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait a second, do, did I get any points into drive after that commute? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you lost all of your willpower. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because that shit's draining. Yes, it is. So Rowan and Quinn, you both have pretty extensive self-defense training, you know, Krav Maga and other mixed martial arts. And you both recognize that whoever did the stabbing, even though there's a lot of stabbings and they each have the same amount of stab wounds, the weapons were not wielded by someone that's proficient. It's someone that has very little experience. Like, they had specific areas to strike, but it wasn't done in a training type of way. Like, it's, it's not as though they had any training. Okay. The Emmy goes over a bunch of the things and mentions, you know, when they fell, you know, they were stabbed when they were on the ground. And uh, he's like, yep, and they've been taken off to the uh, crematorium, and uh, they've already been gone through the uh, process and rendered to ash. Sorry, you're not able to see the bodies, because the bodies are gone. Well, I imagine everyone is looking for closure in this particular case and having ashes to give to the family, I'm sure, will help with that. In the the autopsy report, they took every kind of sample that you can imagine. Teeth marking samples, they took x-rays, those are all included within this accordion. You cannot take the accordion binder, though. There's an MRI report on there, and uh, there's even the information about the contents of the stomach. Luckily, to your happiness... There's nothing about any heavy metal items, mushrooms, or bullets in the contents of the stomach of the deceased. But all of us look. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or at least all of us who were in Helena. How did you know I was gonna ask? Quinn would have wanted, uh, she would have kind of skipped through to look at the toxicology report to see if there were any mm. maybe drugs in their system. Because that's something she's familiar with, Colt's drugging. Nothing that would that would cause attention. Daniel had a slightly elevated blood alcohol level, and there were traces of THC in Homer's, but you notice that that's actually not written on the report. That's written on a sticky note on the report. 
Was there anything in the house, like a wine glass or anything out or empty beer bottles? Um, he looks at you. He goes, "I haven't been to the house. I they they just brought the bodies to me." Yeah, all right. We can have a look for that when we go out there. Oh, you're gonna go out there? Uh, you guys? I guess you guys are going to to look into these things. Yes, unfortunately. You have DNA results for uh, any of the materials that could have come from attackers. So the blood here, surprisingly, but not surprisingly, was all O type blood, and there was so much of it, we were unable to pick apart anything from the scene. We're still looking at a, a few items, some bits of hair throughout. Um, I've sent them off to uh, Phoenix and to Tucson to get a quicker response, but we're still waiting on those reports to come back. All right, and I'll I'll pull out my card and, and give it to him. When those come in, if you wouldn't mind giving me a call. Certainly. Certainly. And uh, he hands you his card as well. Dr. Norris. Norris. Thank you. I wrote Norse because that was what I remembered. All right. It sounds like our next step is going to be heading out to the house. I'll, I'll look over at Dr. Norris and say, this might seem a rather odd request, but do you by any chance have extra uh, shoe covers? Yes, I do, actually. If we could get a, a, a few pairs so that we can walk in the in the crime scene without contaminating anything, that would be amazing. He looks at you and smiles, because nobody ever asks him for these things. <laughs> He's so happy. He's as happy as a grim medical examiner could be. Um, he comes back with a uh, box of fabric booties. We need gloves as well. And he hands over a uh, box of nitro gloves as well. Do you have face masks? Hands over a, a box of paper face masks. Do you have scalpels? I do, but do you need one? I mean, look over at Rowan and kind of put a hand up expecting the pen. I just look at him and I don't throw anything, but the pen definitely twirls between the, between the fingers a couple times. I just hear the click and turn. The Pavlovian response is strong. I don't want to hit him with a pen that has the, the ink extended. That's just mean. Remind me never to give you a Sharpie glasses. All right. I think that we have gathered what we can from here, unless anyone else has questions, and I'll look around at the rest of my team. Quinn shakes her head. Not me. Why is the sky blue? It's a reflection of the water uh, from all of the oceans that we have. And water's not actually blue, it's clear. And there's also water up in the sky, so it reflects down upon from the water to you. Brewster kind of looks at him and goes, How much blood is in the human body? Can I it or roll human to see if he actually believes that story about the water? Because I know that's sure. wrong. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> 80. No, I'm, 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 I'm checking lots of boxes tonight. Hey, you know. So if you failed at that, does that mean that you think I do believe it? Or that you think I'm... No, no. I'm, I'm asking if the ME believes it. Oh, okay. What did you say after that, Ben? I said, how much blood is in the human body? I think it's six pints. I don't remember. Oh, no. A gallon and a half. Player says that's six pints for the record. No. 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 Quartz. Anyway, whatever. And I look at him and I go, what's the velocity of an unladen swallow in flight? All right, we're leaving. <laughs> he looks back at you. My name is not Tim. It's Albert. I'm, I'm, I'm being told we're leaving. Cool. Yeah, with a very firm, small hand on your shoulder pushing you along. <laughs> I'll be back, Tim. Me. Ah, uh, these are my geeks. <laughs> so you get back into the SUV. It is now about midday. 
temperatures have peaked 110. It's pretty goddamn hot. It takes you a moment or two to uh, realize you touch the steering wheel that initial time and it's near molten lava. There's a possibility that when someone goes to grab one of the seatbelt buckles, the seatbelt buckle nearly burns them as it's so hot. I'm going to go investigating for a windshield cover to see to see if, if one was included in the vehicle. Uh, no. All right, I'm starting the shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do people live in this sort of weather? Why do people do this to themselves? Because we get assigned places like this. Ugh. All right, the Bay Area girl will stop whinging. Well, I think the town was originally established as a prison. And then, of course, they turned it over to the Marines. So it stayed a prison. Ah, you beat me to it! Right. Now that we're inside, because I didn't want to say what Quinn and I saw in front of the Emmy, but I'll, I'll say... Whoever did the stabbing, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know how to handle that weapon. That was very clearly the work of an amateur pointed in the right direction and told to stab until they stop moving and then keep stabbing. But also to keep count. Very precise count, yes. But, you know, if there was any doubt, the cartel would be much better at whatever weapons they chose to use. Could be an initiation. Yeah, I feel like the cartel is mostly interested in the result and not the process. Are any of us actually thinking that it might be the cartels? No. No. Okay, good. No, but, you know, in case case there was a question on that subject. Something else I'm not sure if anyone noticed. They were all type O. Not surprising for the family, though, for the private. Yeah. For the private, that's a bit odd. And, you know, universal donors. As soon as Rowan gives me the strange look, I'm going to go, Yes, I know. I failed biology, but it's on the dog tags. There's things you learn. So who's driving the SUV? Oh, Rooster. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's not a question. And he also knows he very carefully takes the seatbelt and puts it on without touching metal and kind of goes, puts his hands towards the wheel and goes, Okay, yep. <sighs> This is why we don't put black vinyl on these things and just grabs it with both hands. Ooh, that in itself is a, is a, a test of uh, your fortitude right there. Yeah, he knows, but he's also driven Humvees in Iraq. He knows. And then just turns on the radio. And of course, the end of the world as we know it comes on. Kind of fitting. So you guys head out to the house. The Abril House sits in a cul-de-sac that has some very nice blacktop roads. They haven't been driven over quite a bit. They're fairly new. The neighborhood is laid out. There are fences set up. There are some houses being built. The only house that's built on this road on Palma Avenue is the Abril House. The address is 771 Palma Avenue. P-A-L-M-A Avenue. You see at the end of the cul-de-sac is a uh, Yuma PD squad car. So let's park somewhere relatively close to the house because I don't want to be in the, oh God, too hot longer than I have to. Oh, I hope the house is air conditioned. Oh shit, that house is actually on the map. That actual house. Sorry, I I mean like it's on Google Maps. That's a real house there. (laughs) I look for a, a tree to park under and I'm sure I fail. Yes, there are no trees for you guys to park under. There are some small trees in the estate itself. There is a low wall that goes around the house and a little bit of a fence. 
It's typical of most homes here. So it's a stucco built house. Above the gate, there's actually the words Shangri-La built into the house as though it's a custom gate. And the front door is a muddled red color, but it does have a police line do not cross over it that you could see from this viewpoint as you, until you get closer to the house. It is desert landscape, so there is primarily tiny little trees, little mesquite trees growing, but no grass. You hear the, the whoop of the police cruiser. Yeah. As soon as we're parked, I will get out already cringing at the heat and walk over to to the cruiser. The window comes down and you see the police officer look out. Uh, are you agent redacted? I am indeed. All right. I got a call that you were coming out here. Just wanted to double check. I'll pull my badge out of my pocket and show it just so he can verify. If you didn't place it, don't move it. We can do that. Thank you. No problem. You got water? No, <laughs> that was a mistake. Quinn does. She she has one of those in a steel canteen. She is used to, whenever she goes somewhere, always hitting up the water fountain to keep it filled up. That's smart. Rowan did not think of that. He reaches over and, and pulls out like a string of uh, water bottles and he hands you five of them. One of them's missing, like a six pack. You are very kind. Thank you. And I'll take them. Walk back to, to the car, distribute waters among those of us who did not think to bring a water bottle. <laughs> Going on the shopping list. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. We're, we're cleared with a Yuma PD. Let's get our PPE on and go have a look. You know what that means. Booty time. I thought you were going to say aliens again, to be honest. <laughs> he does that. <laughs> no, I'll come up with something else for this one. I'll don gloves, put on a mask, and carry the booties until we actually are about to set foot in because I don't want to track dirt in. Okay. The primary method of egress... Um, an entrance is the back door. Yeah, I, I remember that being mentioned by the detective. Yeah, the the rocks are kind of strewn about from the foot traffic that goes in and out uh, through the back patio. You see that there's a bunch of plastic bins out here. And then in those bins, you do see that there are extra booties and gloves available. On the back door, printed and laminated, it says, if you did not place it, don't move it. I think they're trying to tell us something. Hmm. A very esoteric message, I'm sure. A what? Let's go in and have a look. The door opens, and luckily you're met with fresh, cool air. The AC is still on. It's not. It's still warm in here. It's still about eight, mid-80s, but it's not 120, so it is a nice change. The first thing that you notice the inside this house, this house has been ransacked. It's in ruins. There is dried blood on nearly every surface of the house. The pictures did not do justice in the amount of blood splatter that was there. It's been gone over. You do see that there are red solo cups and some floor mats that are laid down to create a pathway to go between the rooms for people to walk. They've really tried to to cordon off and make this crime scene a prime crime scene, like everything is done right. From where you're at, you can actually see something has been carved into the drywall there. But you'll have to go into the living room to check it out. Rooster, don't touch anything. I didn't even do anything this time. Jeez. I'll put on my booties and step inside because I am morbidly curious about the thing carved into the wall. Carved into the wall, you see that it is the, the same thing that was written in your in your report. It says, Home, Dagon, home, home, Yantle, sea to the sea. 
Sea to the Sea is written on a line below the words above, Home Dagon Home. And it looks as though that it's been carved in shallow with a knife. Something had been fairly sharp. It's not as though someone dug in as they stabbed it and then drew it. It looks like they chipped it into the drywall. It took a little bit of time. It wasn't just the quick scratching of someone trying to defile or uh, deface something. They could have done this with a lot less effort, just painting it or carving it in or something. When it comes to sacrifices, the effort is part of the sacrifice. I'm going to look at Rowan and how is she doing? Definitely a little bit more pale than usual, but seems to have control over, over herself. Like her hands are loose down at her side. She's not fiddling with her necklace. Clearly not happy, but in control. Are there other officers in the house with us? No, not at the moment. You guys are the only ones in here. Were, were all the bodies found in the same room? They were all found in the great room. You said the baby was upstairs. That's right. If you guys want to kind of spend some time and search the house, I'll go ahead and give you guys a chance to, to roll the search. Um, if you have a specific skill that you would like to look into instead of searching, because I think search is going to be the primary focus here, but we could have other folks looking at other things. So Quinn is specifically, and this might still be a search, but Quinn is specifically going to try to search the house without touching anything for family pictures, flyers, anything to indicate other people they knew, activities okay. they did. So that that will be her focus. It's trying to just get a sense of who these people were. Cool. Give me a U-Mint roll. River? Would you allow forensics? Yes, I would I would definitely allow for forensics. Okay. That's a little bit better than search for me. Rowan. I think I'm going to go with search. That's going to be the better roll for me. Rooster. I'm definitely going to go search, but I do want to look and see if I can find either spent alcohol bottles or pot paraphernalia or anything like that. Okay. So unfortunately, Quinn failed. Barely. 64. Oh, I hate that. 42 of 43. Oh, sorry. Oh, excellent. Rooster. All right. I'm digging that. I got a 5 out of 60. Ooh! Nice. And Rowan? I got a 26 out of 52. Okay. So, Rooster, we're going to start with you. You know, you're checking things out, and um, you do see that they did have a collection of wines. Um, They also had, you know, there's beer in the fridge. So there, there was alcohol use here in the family. Not necessarily abuse, but there's alcohol use. You work your way to the second bedroom, which is the bedroom that you can tell was shared by Homer and his fiance. Looking around, you do find a packet of zigzag rolling papers, and you do find a uh, baggie tossed in the trash. Are you going to pick it up at all? Yeah, I'm going to take a look at it. You pick it up. It does have the faint smell of, of marijuana. It's empty? It's empty, yeah. Even though it's legal in the state of Arizona, the Marines do not necessarily want their Marines partaking in that type of pastime. Alcohol is perfectly fine. Marijuana, not so much. River, you're looking around and you're getting a sense of this place. Put together quite a few things here. One, there was multiple killers. There was no way that one person would be able to do it. The second thing, one of the killers was awfully short and not very heavy. 
All of the weapons were present in the house and were taken from the kitchen. They came in through the back door and victims were disabled and then killed in front of the other victims. But identifying who, when, and where is impossible due to the amount of blood and the sheer amount of violence. Now, this isn't something that you just found by one item. This was, you know, an hours long search for you to look for these things to kind of put the pieces together. So it's quite a, quite a bit of information for, for River to kind of glean, but with that role, and then also with the right skill. Rowan, you find a set of bloodied footprints that are in the stones outside, out back. And it seems as though that they go toward the back wall, the north wall, and then hop the wall. And then from beyond that, it's just desert scape from there. It looks as though that this these footprints, you see, you've seen these footprints, similar size inside the house as well, that lead upstairs. So that seems to be where the killer had gone for, from upstairs down and then left through here. So that probably means that the infant was last. But it's only one set of footprints? One set of, yes. Okay. I'll put my foot next to one of them. Is it what I assume is more of a masculine foot or a feminine foot? It's a feminine foot. So it's about my size. It's a little bit smaller. I'm sure River passes along at some point that there had to have been multiple killers. And I'll note that and also that only one set of footprints is out this direction and just hold those pieces in my mind. Hey, Rooster. Mm-hmm. I know that you were looking for the, the you know, those, those items. You're looking for the, the, the alcohol and then any other drugs. Did you venture upstairs at all? Yeah, that wasn't the only thing I was looking for. I was. That was your focus. Yeah. When you walk into the room, you see it's a, a nursery. It's a bit hard. You know what happened in there, and it hasn't been cleaned up. There is carpet here, but the smell of baby powder is kind of strong. Even though Agent Quinn has looked for things, you know, she's still kind of hanging around. So we'll say that Agent Quinn has kind of come along as well. Or, you know, even though you didn't necessarily find what you were looking for, you're still looking. The two of you come to the, the infant's room. You know what's beyond it. You know what's beyond in there. Do you want to go in? I'm going to kind of look at Quinn and gauge her reaction before I open the door. Yeah, you've seen a pretty calm look the whole time, but this this one has her a little unsettled and she isn't really sure. She's actually trying to convince herself, oh, I'm not going to find anything in there. Be a waste of my time, you know, late, obviously internally. You uh, want me to take this room? Yeah, let me uh, let me check uh, the couple's room. Yeah. And she kind of she'll, she'll scurry off to what she hopes to find, like the master throughout the okay. homeowners. And I'll go ahead inside because this is, you know, even though there's no body, this is not the first time I've seen violence of this sort. Right. The scene itself is, even though it's been a few days past and physical remnants have been have been removed, the room is eerily peaceful. And there are a set of footprints here that get lost when you enter into the hallway because the hallway is the saltillo tile, but it's actually carpeted in this room, a pretty thick, plush, soft carpet. You notice that there are a, uh, a popular athletic brand uh, that begins with N and has a happy little swoosh. They're small, like they are, they don't look like a guy's footprints. Looking around the room, you're still kind of keeping your, you know, your eyes open. And your eyes settle on a teddy bear that's set up on a tchotchke wall, like a little thing of shelves. And you see there, there's a teddy bear there. 
and its eyes look very deep and black. I want to go see if that's a nanny cam. That is a nanny cam. You notice that like other things have been tagged in this room. Like there's like tiny little flags. This has not been touched by the police. I'm going to think about yelling to the others and then kind of pause, look over at the crib, take a second, and then go with gloves, pick up the teddy bear and take it downstairs and go, River, I touched something, but trust me, it's worth it. I got something if anybody wants to see. I'll come back into the house at this point. What'd you find? <sighs> Nanny cam. You know, the thing that parents that want to watch what the nanny's doing. I know what a nanny cam is. Okay, next time, tell us before you move it. <sighs> Did you really want to go in the baby's room? I didn't want to go in this house at all, but here we are. Did it look like the police touched this at all? Nope. No tags. I think they thought it was... Just a teddy bear. Yep. Luckily, uh, I knew a nanny who knew about it and knew to stay out of that room at the time. Fair. Okay, that's maybe too much information. Oh, that was no information, believe me. Anyway... Is there a way to watch back the nanny cam on it itself, or is it connected to the cloud in some way? So it has both. You can unzip it in the back, and it has a small display, but it can also be, uh, it has a, a, a chip, and it will also transmit to the cloud as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll open my hands and say, let's find out if there's anything worth. Oh, I wonder if it was watching me. Mm-hmm. All right. You want me to... Can we transmit this and watch it later or something? Instead of doing it here? Are we going to tell the police about this? Or are we going to keep it to ourselves? That depends on what we say, I think. Okay. If it turns out to actually be a ritual, I'm not sure we necessarily want the police seeing that. That depends on what story we end up coming up with. I mean, there could be hours and hours of video on this thing. True. So let's not watch it here while they're outside. You do see that it has five clips listed, five of 25 clips. How long are the clips? Most of them are 15 seconds long. Maybe motion activated or something. Probably. Let's view as much as we can here. Look, you've got kids pointing at River. You have a hard time with cults pointing at Rowan. And I don't know you, Quinn, but... I don't think you're as fucked up as I am. Maybe I should watch this first? That's fine, but, you know, if there's something bad on there, we're all going to have to watch it. Exactly. I think rip the bandaid off. I tried. Look, I don't like this, but if we're going to make it stop, this is the way. And I play it. All right, so Handler here. This is going to be intense. I promised you guys earlier on what I would do in, in this situation. So trust me on this, please. Um, but if it gets to be too rough, let me know. And we could figure another way to pass along the information or we can kind of uh, glaze over it a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. All right. So we're, we're all good to, to go? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The first clip pops up and it's dated April 3rd. It's a clip of the young mother, Sierra Abril, fiddling with the camera on the shelf. 
focusing the camera on the, toward the, the crib. Clip two, April 22nd. It's a clip of Grace Wright singing to the infant Beth on the changing table right below the shelf. That's the grandmother. Clip three, May 19th. A clip of the door opening and then closing a moment later. No one can be identified. Clip four, May 21st. A clip of Sierra, the young mother again, changing the baby on the changing table right below the shelf. Clip five, June 2nd. Your blood goes cold as you realize that's the night of the murders. You see a short woman, stark naked. She holds something heavy in her hand. She's shadowed and a little bit out of sight. And it looks as though that she's covered in blood. Her hair is in a disarray. Her eyes turn and look at the crib, then look around wildly. You see these eyes in the darkness, because this is a grainy cam. They seem to pop. They just seem to stick out. They're staring at you. They lift the, their hand and then lower it. And then they turn and leave. And as they leave, you can hear the sounds of their footprints on the carpet. I need everyone to make a sanity check. Zero seven. Okay. 52. 39. 65. You'll have to forgive me. I don't have everybody's scores I failed. memorized. Sanity. Success. Okay. Sorry, me. Success. All right. Mine was a success. 65. Fail. Okay. Rooster, you lose three points mm, of sanity. This hit you a lot harder than, than you expected. Those eyes are seeming to stick in your memory. They're sticking in everyone's memory. The person wasn't looking at someone. They were looking through someone, something. You know who mur you know who one of the murderers are? Well, you've seen them, but you may not know exactly who they are, but you do have their footprints. You said that the footprints showed a shoe, mm -hmm. but she was stark naked. So she wasn't the small woman wearing the athletic shoes. It's her shoes. Oh, okay. She put them on. Yes, you're filling in a you're filling in a spot that I that is sadly missed. This does not show parts that happened from what from your description. Yeah, it's missing of uh, one or two points. Like when did she put on her shoes? Well, also we don't see her stab the child. Um, you do. Ah, yeah, he you said have to forgive arm me. Went down. Yeah, I wasn't confident about that. Yes, I, I wanted <laughs> okay. to, I wanted to allude to it instead of actually detailing yeah. it in the description. I appreciate it. Okay, because I told you I wasn't going to do that. Yeah, but. I understood. Were all the cuts made by her, or just the killing? All the cuts were made by her. Is there anything about her that looks non-human? No, she looks human. Her eyes look crazed, but she looks human. All right, I see no reason not to show this to the police. Rowan, as, as she walks away, you see that she has a tattoo of an eye and a triangle with tentacles. You've seen this tattoo before. And that's the point where I back away from the screen and just step outside. Let, I let the heat hit me because it, it'll snap me out of it for a second. Give me a constitution check. 
34 out of 50 okay. success. You're good. You step outside and in your, your state of not breathing properly, possible shock as well. You become mildly faint, but you don't collapse. Awfully close, though. Rooster, can you put this thing back exactly where it was? Yeah, I paid attention. And I'll go head up to put it back. Quinn, as as you watch him put it back, you do see that there is something painted in blood on the inside of the door. Wait, which door? Of the baby's room door. Okay. Oh, I'm going with. Oh, I would. Okay, maybe not. All right, Rooster. Yeah. Well, if I, I was kind of kind of hoping more people would go, but if if it's just Rooster, then it's just Rooster. Rowan needs to catch her breath outside for a second. I think I'm trying to handle that room for the sake of everyone else. On the back of the door, it's painted one nine seven. Hmm. I figure that when I come back down, I find River and Quinn there. Mm-hmm. And I go, where's glasses? Outside. Let's go out there and talk. I'm sure she doesn't want to talk, but we have to. Fuck. Let's get in the car. I found more up there. I'll tell you inside. Okay. Head outside, brave the wall of heat as we open the door. Classes, we should get in the car. And Rowan is standing near one of the the flagstones that has the bloody footprints on it, her hand shoved deep in her pockets as she stares down at the footprints. Player to handler, had I seen this specific tattoo on this specific person before, or was it just the tattoo? Just the tattoo. You don't know the person. Okay. I'm I'm just deep in thought, mm-hmm. but startle a little when, when Rooster says something, and then realize how much I'm sweating, and go, right, yes, car, let's, did you close the door? Yeah, I closed the door. All right, let's go. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Laura Domingo, and I play Quinn. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 2 is based on the scenario Ex Oblivioni by Dennis Detweiler. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Victor Von B., Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, and Ben Warner. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe. <laughs>